Hey guys, welcome to Thought Dump Podcast, episode number three. Uh, this week on the show, Chris Pompey hangs out with us. We talk a little bit about music, songwriting, and Chris Hansen. Um, I've known Chris for a good amount of time. We met back in seventh grade. Um, he is also the guitarist in Hope Dealers. If you want to check them out, you can find them on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. They have a show coming up uh, Saturday, December 22nd at Three Tigers in Granville, Ohio. If you wanted to check them out, I would recommend it. They have some pretty good music. Um, if you want to check out Thought Dump on social media, you can find us at Twitter, at Thought Dump Pod 1, on Instagram, at Thought Dump Podcast, and Facebook page, Thought Dump Podcast. We are also on YouTube. If you just type in Thought Dump Podcast, you can also find us on iTunes. Alrighty, so let's get into this thing. Chris Pompey, thanks. Back on the play. Thought dump number three, Chris Pompey. What's going uh, on, dog? No, nothing, you know. Yeah, thanks for letting me come by and chill for a little bit. It's always a good time. Oh, no problem, yeah. You come over, come on over here. So, uh, you got into some uh, mischievous fun this weekend. Uh, a little bit. Uh, went and had a Christmas time with family and went to a show in Detroit. And, right. Uh, you know, hung out. It's cool. Yeah. It's a cool place. I mean, uh, I didn't explore much of it, just where I was going. Yeah. Masonic Temple, which, Damn. It's, yeah, it's just like a labyrinth, and you can get lost in it. And just there was, just, it was, it was crazy. It's one of the weirdest, coolest venues I've ever been to for sure. All right, so so it's a venue or it's like a theater. Is that where the show was at? Yeah, it's like a theater. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like a theater that has uh, I don't even know how many seats. Maybe like eight hundred seats, like seat seats sold out. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. But then there's also like standing floor, like pit area. Oh okay. And then also a balcony. Nice. Yeah, so it was uh, it was pretty wild. And the place, yeah, like I said, it's like really old and has all kinds of hallways and closets and uh, just rooms and like a ballroom in the basement and just... All right. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. insane. It's huge. And it's old and like stone and yeah. Uh, um, Do you know how long uh, that, that's been around or... No idea. Yeah, I didn't look at it. I, went, I meant to read the Wikipedia, but I never... Oldest shit there? Yeah, it's just called the Masonic Temple of Detroit and it's just... Oh, okay. It's large i'd really like to go check it out i mean i've never it's like a whole block like a whole city God block damn. yeah 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 yeah. it's pretty cool. and they uh i'm assuming they do other things there other than just music or... oh yeah i imagine they have all types of stuff because it's like i said pretty big right and so uh the one that you went to this weekend the festival what was the name of it oh, or, called... or was it a festival it was just two nights so not okay. necessarily just two nights uh but it was called grismas Put Grismas. on by Grismas. Yeah, it's yeah, put on yeah. by Grizz. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You were uh, telling me about that, dude. He's wild. He's got some style. Uh, like, if you look him up on Google or something, it'll say, like, uh, future funk or, like, electro funk and stuff. So, yeah. he re- I mean, he embraces that kind of feel a lot, but puts all kinds of modern stuff in it, too. Yeah, when I first, because uh, you told me to look him up, I've never heard of this guy. And, mm-hmm. uh, well, he's obviously a professional saxophone player oh yeah oh, you know yeah. if he plays any other instruments or is he just mainly I'm a sax sure. dude i've seen pictures of him playing instruments and he's also starting to do all his own vocals before recently oh, okay. he didn't do what he was in vocals 
All right. He would do like samples, background, but never his like main vocal. So right. He was just like the composer mostly, I believe. So I imagine he'd play some other instruments. All right. Yeah. And I mean, obviously us playing music, we also dabble on other instruments, yeah, exactly. but we got yeah, our yeah. primary, of course. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, so when you told me to check this dude out and I, I didn't really know what to expect when you told me that, you know, he was a saxophone player type dude. It's so way different. That's the yeah. only information I had gone into this was dude plays saxophone. Mm-hmm. So I looked it up. And, like, the first thing that I got from it, like, was obviously the funk aspect. I could feel that, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I got, like, a funk vibe, like, uh, really soulful, mixed with rock, and, you know, kind of, like, even at points, a psychedelic feel. Well, it's like a 15-person live band. <laughs> yeah. But on his album, it's, like, a very, I'd say, like, th- uses, like, EDM instruments and styles okay, with, okay. Like, with, like, the breakdowns and the, you know, the wubs and the dubs and God, stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? The yeah, dial-up. Yeah. yeah. The dial-up. Yeah. The alien, <laughs> yeah, dial-up alien speak. Yeah. But uh, it's just, it's just great. And like I said, the first night was all live bands. So it was 15 people up there. Alrighty. And him and uh, his main dude, Muzzy Bear, like leading out on guitar and saxophone, but like leading the band. And he has all, he has like five backup singers who all take turns doing like the main two percussion just like this huge like it reminds you of like an old school like uh like james brown would perform with yeah, you know, you yeah. like a whole group of musicians like yeah. trumpet trombone saxophone all your main instruments and like a rock band guitar and stuff and it's just very impressive and then you put it with the light show yeah and just all the perfect it was just great and the second night was just him and the guitar player right doing a dj set so like okay. they were live mixing the songs in and just like playing with their backing chair it was it's pretty epic yeah, when I like when I first watched it, um, I one of the things that really stuck out to me was the production on it. Like you were saying, all the different instruments, the trumpets, the fucking light show, mm-hmm. everything. I didn't expect it to be that well produced, and then it showed the crowd, and it's just not a empty seat in the fucking house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a Red Rocks too. That video. Yeah, I think. yeah. I, that's a lot of fucking people. I I couldn't <laughs> imagine being in front of that many fucking people. I mean, and he's just getting it. You know, just fucking getting I've it. I've saw. I've seen him since last Halloween. I think I've seen him play six sets, five or six sets. Oh, nice. Uh, All in Detroit or just... No, just uh, one in Detroit, once in Cincinnati, once in Electric Forest. Twice Electric Forest, actually. Oh, okay. And then once in Columbus for Halloween last year. Alrighty, yeah. yeah. Uh, And you were telling me a little bit about that uh, Electric Forest. You were showing me pictures and shit. Oh, yeah. That looks wild. Um, It is a fun time, for sure. Kind of explain that a little bit for, obviously, someone like who... Like me, who was unfamiliar with, you know, um, how mean, they set just, that up. If any of you have ever been to a music festival, you know, it's uh, a music festival. But yeah. it's just one of the largest grounds at a music festival I've ever been to. And so you don't feel crammed in next to everyone, you know. Right. Like, I've been to some, like, rock music festivals, like, three days where it's, like, a hotel music festival. Like, you go to your hotel every night, you don't camp. Right. Stuff like that. And you're kind of crammed. You're kind of a little uncomfortable sometimes, especially if it's real hot. But the fourth is just everyone's there to have a good time. And by the third, second or third day, everyone's just like, it doesn't matter if you're wearing muddy sweatpants, you know, yeah. it's just you're at, you're there, you're at fourth. Yeah. That's what matters. So, and music is definitely great. They have a great mix of music. I saw a wild mix of music, but yeah, it's just a good time. Good time to hang out with friends, get close to people. Yeah. And you, you were saying like, cause I was explaining to you, someone like me who the anxiety kind of like deters me from going to things like that even Mm -hmm. though i really want to and you were telling me that it's usually pretty chill you don't really run into much trouble there no i've ran into less trouble there and it's more people than the shows i've been at where it's like mainly like you know alcohol consumption that (laughs) type of 
music or people it's associated with, but I mean, people still drink there, obviously. They're not yeah, all yeah, available, yeah. but I guess it just, when you go to a rock show, it reminds you of more of being at a dive bar or something. <laughs> yeah. And so you kind of expect people to maybe get a little too God, drunk. Got a fucking that. rage. Yeah, yeah. But everyone at Electric Forest is, you know, just smoking weed or taking uh, party drugs. They're not, right. they're not drinking to, like, get hammered and start a fight, which... And do they have, do they have, uh, like, a good amount of security there? Do they use real cops on hand? Yeah, or? there's cops all around, and they really don't, I mean, like I said, as long as you're not causing trouble, it's basically pretty much anything goes, you know? Like, kind of, it's kind of like Athens. A little, yeah, like, it's like, a, yeah, if you go to, like, a big Athens block, Athens block party, <laughs> yeah. like, as long as, like, stuff staying in the street and there's nothing getting destroyed, more or less, you know, whatever. Yeah, that shit's wild. Like the one of the first times I went to Athens was uh, with one of my cousins, mm-hmm. and uh, it, I was sixteen. Not that I was partying or anything, but he just wanted me to come with him. I've never experienced a, you know, just like a what do you, what do you want to call it? Just society or whatever a culture. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of like its own little town That's at exactly that school, it and yeah. it's nothing like I've ever seen. I'm sixteen. People are just out partying <laughs> on the streets. Cops are riding by on horses and shit. It looked like uh-huh. a movie set. I couldn't. I couldn't comprehend <laughs> it at the time. Cops dude. Yeah, I forgot about the horse the cops. Yeah. Dude, like, I, we came out of this one party, and these cops were just chilling right there beside their horse, letting all the drunk girls pet their horses and shit. Like, they're macking on the girls. Like, it's just fucking yeah, wild, I mean, dude. It's, yeah, there's a certain level of acceptance of somewhat not sober in public, you know. It's yeah. Like somewhat. It's not. They're not going to let you walk to and fro with a beer, probably. But, right. you know, they understand yeah. what's going on and that you're at OU and you're at halloween block party or like numbers fest or something you know yeah for sure and uh switching gears a little bit we're both fucking you know musicians which i love fucking doing and yeah uh you i notice when i ask you for musical advice and you're always showing me all the things you have on your computer all the music that you're working on and shit like that someone like me it takes a good amount of fucking time to even get most of a song done so I was wondering kind of like how you look at songwriting, like how you approach writing a song and when you in your own personal mind are like, this is done, ready to go. Do you ever feel like it's complete or do you like, I just got to put it out or it's never going to be done? Yeah, sometimes uh, I used to be, I would work on things, you know, neurotically until I feel like it was done. Yeah. But then I felt like that got kind of robotic. Yeah. And so now I'm more like to get things in a general, you know, maybe like a structure or something you know certain certain song structure whatever it may be and then give it to other people for collaboration because i feel like that brings out you know nuances that i personally if i try to do everything myself i wouldn't come up with or wouldn't you know put together or wouldn't connect for some reason or another so as i get older i like the collaboration more but i think sometimes you just got to bite the bullet and put something out or send it along to whoever you're you know collaborating with you just got to take the leap and the worst thing that can happen is that no one likes it and you go back to the drawing board but the drawing board's there every day so it's like yeah well you who cares yeah and you when you bring up a collaboration I, I was also wondering um when you do send things out for collaboration excuse me do you leave uh like 100 percent creative freedom to the people you're sending it to or do you send it to them with like hey i got this certain vibe in mind how how willing are you to move around that certain vibe you're feeling or are you trying to stay strict to it it depends on if i have if i already have certain feels you know 
uh, in mind for parts, but generally uh, I just send out a couple of loops over top of each other of something I did. And then you can, you know, just go over it. And, you know, it's probably, it's going to usually have a key and like, you know, a tempo already. Alrighty. But other than that, it's, it might be, like I said, structured right. and have a tempo and a key, but that's normally as far as I take it. Unless it's just something that I think sounds incredibly good that I have to leave together. Okay. So, you know, I usually will do like a drum loop, one other loop maybe, and then make the structure. And then so I'll give it its key and like maybe it's like first chord progression or something or right. its little lead line. I don't know. I like working in loops lately until we get like full band going and then the full band does it different. But until then, like writing by myself, it's easier to write the loops, I think. Okay. For me, just personally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you were showing me on GarageBand how to loop that, just little areas, and that's helped me tremendously on writing shit, because, like, if I'm writing a solo, per se, you know, I'll re-record that whole, whole entire solo until I get it down perfect, but then Mm -hmm. only one certain part would be fucking me up, so I could just loop out that one part and and practice it, Yeah, doing takes, yeah, pretty much, you record 50 takes and go through them all and find that piece, because sometimes just playing it over and over again, you might nail it. Yeah. The second time you're like, well, I can get it better. You don't always want to, you know, get rid of that one. So yeah, exactly. And that, that was the thing. Like the whole entire beginning of that solo, I played it fucking hours, (laughs) hours on end. But, but if it, it, what I'm saying is like, if it's like a minute long solo Mm -hmm. and only one certain parts fucking you up, you keep replaying that whole fucking solo for a couple hours at a time. It's like, I just listened to 30 seconds for two hours. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. And, It's just ridiculous, but so when you showed me how to do this loop, uh, it, it's helped tremendously, and it was fucking with me just a tad bit on the one part of a solo, because it's like I said, I record the whole entire solo in one take, and then that one part fucks me up, and I look back at it, and it says 30-second take, and I'm like, Jesus oh, Christ, yeah. you know? <laughs> but hey, I mean, if it's going to help me get that part cleaner to where I can still save my fingers and not have to go through that whole shit... And plus, as a time saver, you know, working 40 hours, you know, yeah. full-time job, things like that help tremendously. Yeah, man, any little shortcuts like that in the in the DAW help you just to streamline your process, you know? Yeah. And there's just so so many fucking DAWs. Like, mm-hmm. for example, we're recording on Reaper right now, but I'm recording on GarageBand. And then we're recording music on GarageBand. And then I want to upgrade to the Logic Pro here in January. I love the Logic. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And... You you were also showing me how it's kind of like the big brother to GarageBand. Oh, for sure. It's very similar as far as like how it looks and yeah. where things are and how the menus are laid out and the drop downs and stuff like that. Yeah. But Logic is just more powerful, more options. But GarageBand, I mean, I know I've read stories of people recording whole, you know, like albums oh, on yeah, GarageBand. Yeah. And some of them even recording like whole demos or albums with the built in mic on the MacBook in GarageBand. Like, that's all <laughs> yeah. I've heard of like, you know, old podcasts and stuff. People did that on the mic in front of their computer. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? And it's just like, especially for being free on an Apple product. I don't know if you can get it on anything it that's used to, not Yeah, Apple. GarageBand used to not be free. And then it started, I think they started including it with phones and then started including it with all. All right, yeah, because yeah. I remember. It's when, a powerful tool to get for free. When I was in uh, high school, I, I want to say it was maybe 11th grade. When I went, to, I, I changed to uh, Newark Digital Academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to go to the class for, I don't know, I think two weeks, like actually in a building before mm-hmm. they sent you home with your computer to or make sure you were. Stuff, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it came, they gave us the uh, EMAC computers. Mm. And when I when I first uh, opened it up right there in class, and I saw it right down there on the dock at the bottom garage, man, I was like, 
Oh, yeah. Guess who's not <laughs> doing schoolwork when I take it home? <laughs> but, you know, dreams were crushed. I ended up getting it home, and they had it blocked and everything. Oh, that's how they do it. Yeah, but with that being said, the seed was planted then, so I knew that if I ever got an Apple product, I would have, you know, yeah. recording software on it. And I I hate that it took me so long to get all this shit, but I'm finally glad now that I am. You know, I got the iRig last year, and mm-hmm. I could hook that up to my iPhone. It came with GarageBand. Yeah, those are fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, and that has helped me, you know, because I, I usually just chill by myself and write music, mm-hmm. you know. And like I said before, I didn't have all the recording software, none of that shit. So it would just be me recording into my just my phone, even without an iRig, just into the speaker mm-hmm. of the phone, just to get ideas down. And oh, then, yeah, for sure. Sometimes I even, if I can't, you know, I'm feeling blocked or something, yeah, I just pull a random drum loop out of the library and or a random piano loop or whatever it may be and just, you know, jam to it, play to yeah. it, see what you come up with, see what happens, you know. You don't have to use that loop. You don't have to use what you come up with. But it's just like a, I think of the DAW, my computer, as, you know, another collaborator and just as integral tool as, you know, a guitar pick. Right. You got right. to, th- like, use it to what, you know, just like anything, you got to use it for what you can use it for. Like, yeah. Make it. Yeah. So. And an- another thing I wanted to ask you, when you were talking about the different DAWs, uh, it just popped into my head. Um, did you have a specific reason for picking Logic over anything else? Or like, cause I'm sure you've tried multiple ones and <coughs> um, you've had uh, Pro Tools before, right? Uh, yeah, I've, I've used, I've, yeah, I actually had Pro Tools, I guess. on the, But yeah, um, I guess I started in GarageBand and then it was a natural progression to Logic for me because I just had my MacBook. Okay. And, um, uh, I just used that for four or five years getting like used to it, you know, and then. I'd use Pro Tools randomly for off and on for like two or three years. And just, uh, I like Logic. I just, maybe it's because I'm used to it. Maybe it's because I don't want to, I'm stubborn. I don't want to (laughs) learn. Yeah. Uh, Pro Tools, everything. Pro Tools is really great. Like it's probably better if, or as good if not better than Logic, but. All right. So basically. It's it's just more of the industry standard, I think. I think the gap's getting smaller between, but I think it's just because it was on a PC, it was on Windows. Uh, for the longest Pro time only. Was, yeah, it was Windows only for the longest time. And oh, Logic, okay. Logic is Apple only, obviously. Uh, yeah, so yeah. they were like the kind of competing. Okay. But now Pro Tools is cross-platform, so. All right, yeah. Uh, and I, I was just wondering because um, Brandon, you know, co-host of the show, who's not here again. Thanks, dog. So dude. Um, but anyways, you know, um, he was going to full sale for a while and he got the, uh, they got Pro Tools. The setup right? thing, yeah. yeah. The whole the mic and the, yeah. So that Outside of, like, obviously free shit like Audacity, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, which, yeah, I, I mess with Audacity. Oh, dude, I recorded this one shitty rap verse on it <laughs> one time over a DMX beat. <laughs> it was funny shit. I mean, I wasn't <laughs> doing it to be like, oh, I'm a fucking rapper, you yeah. know. I was just doing it just because I was just feeling goofy. Yeah, you're just doing stuff. I mean, if I'm being honest, I was a little satisfied with what I was able to put out because I didn't think, I mean, I, for sure I sounded white as fuck. Yeah, it's just, for sure I mean, it's I sounded just white Audacity. Fuck. What are you going to, you're not going to. Yeah, I recorded with a fucking garage band mic. And uh, a gra- rock, you're not, you're not going to record. Mic. You're not going to record Celine Dion. My heart was on and <laughs> yeah. audacity. Let's yeah, just yeah. Say that. It was definitely just to be like you know a joke for the boys. Like let them <laughs> listen to it and laugh. For the boys. I, yeah, because I was rapping all about like hood shit and stuff like that. Oh, like God. I'm definitely not. You know, I was just being goofy. But then that was also back in my day when I was you know riding the from DMX that, wave pretty hard from that Cliff Street hood. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The only thing I think Bucket Lake had going for it that gives me any sort of credibility that it was like a legit ghetto. <laughs> it's, Not, it's somewhat ghetto. <laughs> yeah. 
Not that there was any like hardships really coming up through there other than just being poor as fuck. Yeah, you know? just, it's just poor, somewhat poor area. Well, yeah. not the full area, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. If anyone's wondering, it's Bugger Lake, Ohio. It's <laughs> mostly just a lake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and a bunch of junkies from what I see now and corrupt it's fucking looking, cops. It's looking, and... it's looking bad. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what happened to that? That cop got like fired or he's... Handsy? I don't know. There's something going on right now. I don't know. If we all know, we shouldn't talk about it. Well, I mean, I we talked about it. We, we looked a little bit ago because we talked about it on a couple of Burner podcasts. And I think me and Jackson talked about it on our last podcast. Oh, okay. But it's essentially along the lines of like like uh, the chief, I do believe he was, of the police, Hansy. Um, first got, of all, Hansy, just don't be a, don't just, if that's your name, first or last, don't be, <laughs> don't be a police officer. Yeah. And ironically enough uh his name is hansy and he actually lost a finger off one of his hands so again <laughs> yeah that's because he decided to become a police officer <laughs> oh, he I was don't know, destined to lose of part of his hand <laughs> yeah don't um, do it hansy's of the world i'm not maligning the hansy's of the world i'm saying <laughs> yeah please for me okay. fucking jim uh <laughs> anyways He's he's been a fucking cop ever since I was a child in Buckeye Lake. And, yeah, I remember just and, him. Yeah, yeah, not for nothing. I mean, he wasn't ever like at least to me or anybody I really know. He wasn't like super dickhead. Obviously, everybody's got their moments, but he's always seemed pretty nice to us. Anyways, all that bullshit aside, what, what did he do? The, like they got him in hot water. Well, that's what I'm saying. Um, he uh, ended up getting this infection on, infection on his finger. I heard it was from diabetes. I'm not 100. That's why he lost his finger. Got an infection, okay. had to get it cut off. And then after he returned to duty or it may have been at his house, he was fucking with one of his guns and accidentally misfired it, I'm assuming, with that hand. Did blow another finger off? No. <laughs> no. Uh, just misfired it. and Damn, uh, so that's scary. They did an investigation on it and everything and ended up, uh, he may have resigned or they fired him, one of the two. But basically couldn't, he wasn't you know able to do the job anymore because he was missing a finger and all that. Plus, like, if you're a cop, you can't get diabetes because automatically everyone thinks you're just eating too many donuts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you can't just feed into the stereotype like that. Yeah. It, it upsets me. They're going to fucking bribe him. Yeah. I don't know. But <laughs> Andrew, look the other way. We got this box of crispy. Yeah, look at, this, uh, look at this. Look at this half dozen right here. Look at this <laughs> yeah. cool half dozen, bro. <laughs> I mean, that, that sucks for him all around. Fucking handsy. So he's in trouble because he misfired the gun. Yeah. Mostly. Uh, yeah, from what I understand. But, well, who cares? Doesn't that happen like all the time, I'd assume? Well, I think they're thinking that like he's was not, he able, not oh, able to do just, the job oh, okay, anymore. Okay, like, okay. you know, and, and the... Well, he's since, been a police officer there for like 20 years. And if yeah. he's got diabetes and losing fingers from it, he probably shouldn't be a police officer. <laughs> yeah. but And like, I want to know how long you're, you let your finger get fucked up before it gets to the point where it's got to get cut off. Dude, okay, I follow some accounts on Instagram that are like... Uh, Forensic pathologist. Yeah. And people, I mean, poor people and people don't have money and they're afraid of going into debt or just like some people just don't like going to hospitals. I mean, I personally right. don't super enjoy being in a hospital. Right. I don't know? either. But if my finger is turning black, I'm going to take some debt to keep that thing. True. But I'm saying I see pictures of people, you know, you see videos on the internet. You're not supposed to see it. And it's people with like big old bowl of maggots in their fucking shin and it's like what do you how you <laughs> bowl of maggots in the shin you know, i'm just it's like that. A, yeah that's what i'm saying and you see people like get to the hospital with that already going on and yeah you're like what the hell but i mean it's just something we can't really fathom because we would be like well 
I'm going to get that checked out, but it's just some people don't even live in a place where they can't get it checked out. Yeah, right. And that that's just rough. Like, I grew up in a place where, the, you know, I one time I stepped on some glass and got some glass under my foot. And it was one of the first times my grandmother left me home alone. Oh, damn. And so, like... How, how old were you? Uh, I want to say between, like, 10 and 12. Okay, yeah. So, it was the first time she was leaving me home alone with, like, no one. And then we lived directly next to my uncle. And he would usually be home if she was gone. Yeah. So he was kind of like, but he took her where they were going, so they're both gone. Of course, perfect storm. So, yeah. So uh, I stepped on some glass, and I was like, damn, this sucks. And there's no cell phones at this time, because this would be like a year, like 2000, 2002, that area. And so I just sat there with glass in my foot. I wasn't like pouring blood or anything, right. but I just sat there with glass in my foot until they came back. And then the closest place to go was just like a shitty little doctor's office that wasn't even like an emergency room. Yeah. And it was like 35 minutes away. So I grew up in a place where, I mean, obviously you're going to go to the doctor, but <coughs> it's far me. away. Right. Like, you know, you, you can't just like be at the hospital in like seven minutes, like most places. Yeah. Yeah. A guy like me having no health insurance, that that's even yeah. more rough. But I, I did have to get that carpal tunnel surgery, which I think overall without insurance cost me like somewhere around five grand. It's rough. Yeah. I mean, I'm still paying it off, but I'm glad I did because, you know, my hand was fucking going numb. Mm-hmm think i'm getting it in my left hand but it's not as bad yeah. as the right hand was so i'm gonna ride that bitch out until i absolutely have to do something about it but i i do exercises on it you know I, the yoga and stuff mm-hmm. that i do it helps stretch out my tendons yeah the stretches stuff. are big time yeah yeah i get slight like that sometimes from yeah. being on like computer mouse all the time and playing guitar and stuff yeah it get uh you know i thought something was like seriously wrong though because you know it hurts it goes up <laughs> through your arm and yeah, yeah. it like hurts it, have you ever talked to anybody that's ever had to like do, do testing for carpal uh-huh. tunnel dude it's rough like they told me that they had to like stick needles in my arm which uh, uh, I'm no o- thanks, yeah bro. like i'm okay with needles but yeah. overall it's like you gotta do what you gotta Don't do we shove it in my arm yeah so i go there i think they had like maybe three in my hand like on, on top of my hand like up by my knuckles all those tendons one in the meat of my thumb and the palm thumb meat uh one in my forearm close to my elbow and oh, i think God. two up in my shoulder and what they do is they'll send electrical currents through each of your ligaments and when they were fucking doing it dude it's the crate like obviously he, you've been jolted before by some electricity yeah 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 so imagine that traveling all the way from the top of your shoulder down to the tip of whatever finger they're moving yeah that sounds terrible and and it's all really quick too like it's like you're you know playing a fucking scale on guitar like all your fingers just and you're not doing it that's what's weird about it. you could feel it moving and all that jolt going through there but you aren't moving it yeah i could do without that yeah and they were like and the needles dude they fucking were so uncomfortable even without the jolting but i was just sitting there so uncomfortable like come on you guys gotta you gotta hurry this the fuck up uh yeah i've never i had my tonsils out but that's the only surgery i've ever had so i don't know about no like testing really yeah yeah it's like i don't know they just said to me like oh need them shits out and so they went in yeah so what's uh i'm an idiot what's the purpose of that taking the tonsils out it causes you to get like a strep throat and or i mean i'm not a doctor obviously but right right so one of the throat things like bronchitis or strep or something that always bothers people you get it less when they take them out or something like that you know i don't know you know if there's any downfall of it uh no or or, or why are they there is to like stop like i don't know like nose hair like stop bacteria and shit or uh could be but i feel like if we don't need them anymore then what are we doing you know why yeah 
Well, and also the appendix, they say you don't need that shit either. But uh, the the appendix, is that yeah, right? Yeah, they can take the appendix. I can burst, though. It hurts you. So. Yeah, yeah. But I've also heard recently that they, oh, whoops, we may have found why we need the appendix, but I don't know. I mean, if they've been taking them out for years and people still been living a whole natural life, then, you know, fuck it. One of the things I was thinking about, which is uh, really weird to me, uh, I was thinking humans, how, like, just our makeup like how we are like mentally we're like superior to like say you know animals you know shit like we have language yeah and there's always that theory of like aliens that come down and like genetically modified like you know other forms of hominids and shit like that to oh create yeah yeah, us. yeah. I was stealing th- our babies to I, make i was hybrids. thinking <laughs> yeah yeah that's I, what they're doing i was thinking the other night uh just fucking completely random thought like what if they were experimenting on us or other hominids per se to try and make like the the perfect creature that could last for a long time and all this medical shit that we have wrong with us is just like a failure in the system could be i mean that's plausibility that's it because i don't know it's just really weird to me i'm not a fucking historian or you know anything like that but just the leaps and bounds that humans have made compared to other life on this earth, you know, like chimps are what just now entering the stone age per se. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, crazy I mean, to think about. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think that, I don't know if I know about that part, but I mean, I think definitely probably what's causing all the disease and stuff is like our food sources for right. sure. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Needed a little lighter delivery to the room here. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Nope. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Speculation, obviously. No one knows what the fuck. I mean, right, right. Actually, some told them, some probably does, but they're, <laughs> they're on Joe Rogan. They're not on our podcast. Yeah, so. exactly. Well, hey, not mine. Yeah. I'm trying to get there, you know. Yeah. Being entertaining is the only thing I'm fucking worried about. Yeah, that's all you got to be. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I do know that aliens are stealing our babies to make hybrids. So <laughs> yeah. that's what I know 100% for sure. Yeah, and a galactic child molester is Alex Jones. <laughs> remember that song? Remember that song by. Uh, Beastie Boys Intergalactic. Yeah. That was almost really good. Uh, almost really good. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's okay. And that's another fucking weird thing to think about as far as our brain power and shit like that. Because obviously there's people smarter than me in this fucking world and way more creative than I am. But someone even on my level that can just pick up instrument and make sound. And yeah. it's always going to be like, if, if I'm being honest about it, being true to who I am and what I want to hear, for the most part, it's usually pretty unique. Like, nine times out of ten, I'd say someone's not going to recreate something that I've recreated unless it's, like, baseline cookie-cutter type shit, you know? Oh, for sure. And that's just what's, what I that's think That's what's fun really about cool. music. It's, it's, it's the Wild West. There's no yeah, rules. It's right. I mean, obviously, you're going to have work with keys and progressions and shit like that, but that's, yeah. like, the language of it as far as the rest of it goes, you know? Yeah. Like, you sit two people down, give them the notes, the timing they're supposed to play in, all that shit. That's what's fun about it. They're both going to play it yeah. a different way, like but I said it's going to be the same notes. Like I said earlier, that's why I like the collaboration part, because more than likely, it brings out something that, even if I thought I had the coolest idea ever, I'm like, oh, man, I can't believe I didn't do that. And yeah. it's just like one of my friends, and that's cool, because then you see your friend shine through. That's really fun, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um. So... When you're collaborating and stuff like that and you are writing something and you let one of your friends get a hold of it and you put something down or they put something down rather 
and you're just like, damn, like, what, like, why couldn't I think of anything like mm-hmm. that? Or are you, are you completely confident with what you're doing in it? Like, you're, you don't compare yourself to your friend's skill. You just stick with what you can do. You know what I'm saying? Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, I think I've grown out of comparing myself to a lot of other people just because it just doesn't get anyone anywhere necessarily. Right. If your friend does something cool that you admire, don't be jealous of it. Right. You know, that's your friend being like, their best version of themselves you know so just like yeah fuck yeah that's what i want you to do i mean but if i send someone something i'm confident that i think it's a good idea right or like kernel of a song you know yeah but it's always up for change if someone you know has a different groove or something you know it's always like available because that's the whole point of it of like of collaborating if you're wanting to work on something for yourself you're going to work on something for yourself yeah yeah but and there's songs like that where it's like oh i just sat down and randomly busted out a key line, a guitar line, a bass line, and you know, a drum sample or something. That's great, but even then, you know, I'll mute some of my stuff, right? Bounce it out and send it to someone without my key thing, and they, they can try that. You know, it's just okay. Trying new stuff. Even when you think you got a part, you can take it off, and that's the cool thing. Send a version without it. Send a version with it. And be like, hey, can you play on this or whatever? It's just the spirit of collaboration, just like anything ever in the history of forever. I'd say, uh, because what like. The reason I was asking that is because the way I look at music, say if I write this lick or whatever, um, I'll play it a few times and I'm like really feeling it or whatever. But then if I'm like, and I don't even show it to anybody, I'll go hang out with, you know, you, the musical guys and all that stuff. And when you guys are recording and I'm just sitting here like, damn, like, not that I'm jealous of what you're writing. I just feel like I wouldn't be able to musically hang with all the people I know that play musically. But then if I go show my shit to someone else and they're like giving me really good compliments about it, I just can't see it. I'm like, I, I don't know if they're being nice or if they genuinely think that it's good or you know what I'm saying? I think that just, you know, you at first, especially at first, like, you know, you just got into the whole, uh, you know, recording yeah, art yeah. aspect of it all. Yeah. And so, you know, you weigh around a guitar neck and stuff, you know, weigh around drum kit a little bit, but yeah. you got to use those skills inside the new tool you have. Okay. You know, and you got to like, you know, and it's just not just a rule. It's just my thinking, but I've always just gone and like music that is, you call it noise and it takes away from it. Like it's not actually music. <laughs> yeah. But I, when I hear cool noises, no matter what type of music it is, or if it just, the music is the noise to me. And when I hear cool noise, I want that. And so my, my, you know, rule of thumb is if I like it and it sounds cool, I'm usually going to keep it or I'm usually going to apply it. Like, so that's always been my advice is to go with the sounds that you make that are cool that you, you know? Yeah. Cause I like, you know, when I'm writing, I just feel like I don't, I don't necessarily try to stick to one, one genre or anything like that, but it seems like it always comes out, you know, a little faster paced. I, I have trouble writing shit at a slower tempo. Like I cause I, when I hear the music, like the other people make, like I said, not comparing myself to them, but when I hear like, a nice fucking chord progression, like some Metallica shit, and yeah. it just sounds so beautiful. Whenever I try to sit down and write like that, it always ends up speeding up into something that's really quick and aggressive. And it just seems like no matter what I do, my mind is just always trying to get that aggressive shit. Like this one time I heard Zach Wilde talking about um, when you're playing music, you should, and, and this is obviously just his opinion, right? Um, he was saying something along the lines of if you love metal music for example don't go out there and play country you know if that's not where your heart's at but i feel like if you're branching out into other shit like that 
it, it gives you a little bit more tools musically and you can kind of cr- come up with you know a, maybe a unique sound or whatever you, you know what i'm saying so when i try <laughs> to go to the other styles of playing it always ends up fast and aggressive so i don't know if that's just something like i'm naturally feeling it and i can't get away from it or it's just something i got to work on i mean you probably isn't a groove that you like i mean you're always going to gravitate towards i think writing a part or a song that you would also like to listen to, you know? So, I mean, for me, like I said, I've always just been attracted to music that sounds neat. That sounds like, you know, maybe not, I'm really attracted to things that aren't traditional, I guess, you know? But again, I like using that influence in traditional structured style music too. Um, I like just like all different kinds of music. Like right. I said, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I draw my influences from all that. And so, if I'm with a group of people and we're trying to write, you know, a rock song per se, I might draw influences from wherever, you know. Right. You know, lately it's been a little more electronic heavy stuff. And who knows, you know, next year I could be listening to fucking Motorhead. I don't fucking know. You know, whatever. <laughs> but I just, I, I'll go across. Yeah. I mean, dancing, whatever. Yeah. That's my main go to acoustic guitar check riff is not mother yeah. but yeah is uh mother. that would be sick to do on acoustic yeah. guitar i guess but uh no it wouldn't be but uh what's the song i'm thinking of? fuck i fucked the whole thing is it by danzig yeah it's the uh fuck, I... it's the acoustic one but oh, okay you're the one i, I, I think can't it's called you're the it one yeah head. it's 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 danzig so it's okay and i like when you just brought up there about uh you know when you're collaborating with other people and you're like trying to make a different style of song I wanted to ask you about uh, Hope Dealers, the band that you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, when you guys first got that together, did like w- were you just a bunch of dudes jamming music, and then Eddie came on, or did you guys have like a certain feel that you wanted to do? How how did all that come together? Well, it's just like interchangeable. Four of us have always been in bands together, or at the same time, or just four of us, five of us interchangeable. Right. And we were just jamming open mics. Okay. Uh, and just like. Eddie came up and has always been like, you know, an open mic singer, rapper, songwriter, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, multiple, yeah. multiple influences going on. Um, and yeah, he just hopped on and then, you know, we're just, we were just friends. Okay. And then, you know, with the passing of our friend Andy, right? we kind of just, after that, got together and just it started out as kind of like a tribute to him. Right. More or less, just like us jamming to be like hanging out as buds and also playing music, which we all like. And yeah, just developed on that. We developed all those songs and then got to record them. And then right. boom, we got a CD and then it's fun and cool. And Dude, he was just a big fucking like influence musically around here from what I've noticed. Like even back in the fucking day, dude, in high school, like if I go back and listen, you know, to some This Life to this day, I still get goosebumps listening to that shit. Oh, yeah. And I like and I'm, it's not just because back then, like. You know, Andy was my friend. Cause I didn't know the rest of the guys in the group yet. Yeah, I, yeah, I just knew yeah, Andy. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like I was just doing to like suck his dick. Oh, dude, I love <laughs> this. Like, I legitimately enjoyed what they were doing. I thought they had fucking awesome talent for the they age group that they going, were in. You know, yeah. Andy always had the charisma and that bled over, that bled onto anyone he was around or playing yeah. with. You know, so yeah. And the first the first time I ever saw Andy play in a band, uh, was far beyond the day. You remember them with Chuck? Um, but I saw him at that little shitty... Like, Chuck, where you at? <laughs> yeah, we're getting him on soon. Um, maybe you hop on that too. That'd be sick. I ain't being seen him in a while. So I need to <laughs> yeah. be and seen him more. <laughs> yeah. Chuck, one of the world's Chuck. 
But uh, anyway, the the when I saw him at uh, it was like that little shitty pizza shop across from uh the middle school. Yeah, yeah, the middle yeah, school. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like he just came, like it was fucking hot, hot outside. Yeah, coming, coming in, coming in hard. Yeah. So it was hot outside. I do believe it was. It was either the end of the school year or the beginning of the school year. So I think it was, it was fucking beginning. I think it was like August. I remember that. Yeah, and this motherfucker comes in wearing a parka. It's got fur on it and shit like that, dude. And I just never seen any. That was, and I think that might actually be the first legit like live anything I've ever attended oh, really? like musically. That's cool. Yeah, that's pretty and, cool. And uh, fuck, what's that one song they had? Uh, the sky is falling. I think. Oh yeah. Even then, dude. That's still I, up on pure yeah, volume. You can I still mean, check it. It may not been like obviously the highest produced fucking thing, but no, 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 that no. Thing, it's it was, got it soul. It's it got was like heart their first it, ever you know? recording. Yeah. yeah, and and I love it. Like you know, if I was able to play, because most of the shit I listen mm-hmm. to, the old stuff that I go back to, I just go to like MySpace player. Yeah, I well, wish I could have all that shit. Well, on those my are computer. like formative years. Like you, you really latch on to certain things. Yeah, you know, yeah, whatever it may be, and it can be wild stuff because when you're a teenager. You like shit for whatever reason, whether it be because it's popular and you actually like it and latch on to it, or maybe you are against because, you know, I listened to them before they were big. Yeah. That kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Whatever you do. But yeah, I mean, definitely Andy was for sure a big influence on probably anyone he played with just because he did have a spark. Yeah. You can call it talent, you can call it spark, you can call whatever, but no matter what he did, even when he like... Even when you knew he wasn't necessarily doing his best or trying his best, he was still like above the spark of everyone else for some <laughs> yeah, reason. You know what I mean? Like not better than everyone else in that way. Just like he just had more fuel to the fire somewhere and right. and, and somehow. So And I, I liked all the collaborative songs that he did with all the local talent oh, yeah, around, around yeah. us, dude. It that was, was so fun. Cool. We have a lot of local talent on here that like collaborate and uh yeah, just it's it's fun. Yeah, I like I, lo- I love it now that I see all this music that's around. Cause I don't know if it's, you know, something in my life that I just got sidetracked for a little bit. Because there was a couple years where I didn't even, you know, maybe two years I didn't even fucking touch my guitar. I played it like three times. Oh, yeah, we get you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't know if th- that's the way I'm looking at it. But from when I left high school and the music scene seemed really strong, you know, fucking This Life in Sequence, uh, fucking uh, who, the hardcore band, uh, Hang Time, you know. Uh, yeah, Trife Life, all those people, like it Trife. had, like there was uh-huh. always, you know, a show going on somewhere, and then it mm-hmm. seemed like it. I don't, like I said, I don't know if it's just me or if it's how things happen, but it seemed like it fizzled out, and there was nothing going on for a minute. And now that I'm older and I'm seeing all this shit come back, like now you got Thirty One West, you know, Hope Dealers, Brave to See, everybody. It just seems like really cool, you know. Everyone's coming back together. I think it has a little bit to do with, uh, you know, it's gotten in, in the last ten to fifteen years, you know when we left high school to now right uh, when we were when we were teenagers to now it kind of became it's became a lot cheaper and easier to produce music now okay. and there always is a lot of talent out there but back in the day it was like there was more gatekeepers to things because you couldn't get on the internet and spread your word e- as easily so like if you're in a town and you book all the shows right like you are kind of the gatekeeper so if I'm in a band and I don't like you know know you were in with you back in the okay. day it was harder but now put your message online you know get your brand online whatever it is it's a lot easier to get the attention of those people you know you don't have to have a huge marketing campaign or a huge recording budget you know you can set up something for a thousand dollars in your house and start to get your yeah, yeah your shit out there in a really decent way and it's never been as easy as it is now or as cheap or as possible to 
do things like this podcast, record demos and music at home, you know, that, that's a, that's the biggest thing I love at home is the demoing process of songs, starting it with a kernel and then you listen to all the versions up to where you get. And then when you get it down 99%, that's when you go and take it to like the big time where you got to pay money, you know? Yeah. Right. Cause you know how expensive like real studio time is. It's like, I can't <laughs> yeah, be in there I'm trying to like... figure out what fucking chord this is. I got to <laughs> yeah. fucking be on it. Yeah. Yeah. Be on it. Yes, of course. Um, I, I heard a story, um, the, the people in it were named Nameless, so I'm sure if they hear it, they'll know who they are. But I, I, was, I was told this story one time that in a recording studio that the band went to record and the one of the guitarists uh, for the solo spot, they just shredded right there on the spot, Kerry King style. Okay. And this was their first time in the studio, so dude was like, hey, re-record that, we gotta layer this. And they're like, huh? <laughs> and it's like, so they had to. Uh, I can't re-shred that exact <laughs> cheese again. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. cheese comes off the block, and you can't re. It can't exactly. Yeah, it's just. But it's. I. I feel like it's good for someone like me also to hear that who doesn't really have much studio experience outside of you know just me and you hanging out or mm-hmm. me and Brandon hanging out. Um, but when you hear shit like that, it's like, oh yeah, you're paying for that time. You better oh, be yeah. ready to go. Mm-hmm. You know, because that shit's not cheap. Oh yeah, you know? for sure. That's why I think when we did the Hope Dealers album, I think we did 10 songs and we probably demoed all 10 songs like three to four times. So that's like 30 to 40, you know, sets of demos. And, you know, you start out with whatever the simplest drum beat and, you know, you build it up and eventually record like a live kit. Right. And you just build everything up over time and let everyone like get their parts in. You know, it just takes a lot of, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a professional and I'm barely an amateur, but... (laughs) That's what seemed to be really cool and fun and the best way to do it for me. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, plus you're putting in the work, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. You got, I mean, you can't just put two hours into a three or four minute song and expect it to be like the, you know, best jam, best, you <laughs> yeah. know, quality thing. You got to like go in there and decide, you know, make decisions. Right. Yeah. Um. So you, you've had uh, re- the ability to record shit for a minute now. Um, and I'm sure you've recorded other other people as well that are doing their musical things. Now, yeah, it's fun. Just like kind of like doing it as a hobby, you know, for friends, demos or whatever. I can't don't do any professional right quality stuff because yeah, but so but so when you're doing that, um, what that's considered producing? I mean, you know, producing is kind of helping them get their ideas across. I guess in a way that makes sense is how I understand it from like you know watching. Documentaries and movies and bullshit. What I was gonna ask was, uh, since you cleared that up for me, was um, if you. I mean, I cleared it up for you because I think that's what it means. So I don't know, like, <laughs> okay, you, know, okay. you might want to get Merriam-Webster on the right. Like, actually, I'll do it now just while you're talking. But. Okay, so one of the things I was thinking of when you are recording people. Hold on. <coughs> excuse me. Excuse me. But anyways, when you're recording people. Do you give your two cents on, hey, maybe tweak this here? Or do you just let them do their own thing? And it, just if, depends, you know, it just depends on what someone's looking for. I don't ever charge anyone to do it. Just, you know, it's just kind of me and my friends. Right, but just usually. like a personal opinion. Yeah, we've done it before. You know, we've done it before. Like, if you want my opinion on it, then ask my, you know, like, it comes down to the if the person has a song, you know, something tight that they're ready to go in all, in all aspects. Or if it's just room for a little more improv, you know, like. Just whatever they want. You know, you just talk. Right. I think that's like probably the main, you know, obviously I've never produced a fucking Slipknot album or anything. I don't know what goes into the real, but you know, like a great movie I've seen 
that kind of discusses and does dips into that just a tiny bit is uh Oh, it's, it's the Foo Fighters one. I just blanked on it. I had it in my is mind. It that, is it's it that? Is it Rift City or something like that? Oh, or? Sound City. Sound Perfect. City. Perfect. Yeah, City. no, Sound City. It's great. It the beginning. It dips into um, a little bit some famous producers and just like they tell little tiny stories about them being in the studio that's produced all these famous albums from right. Rage Against the Machine to fucking uh, I don't know everybody you can think of. Look it up. Sound City and uh, Sound City Studios. But anyway. I think it's just, uh, it says right here, I looked it up, uh, producer, uh, two definitions, a person, company, or country that makes, grows, or supplies goods or commodities for sale. So, you know. Right. Uh, if farm, you're a person. Farm producer. Yeah, yeah, you're helping, you know, you're helping them. The second one is a person responsible for the financial and managerial aspects of making a movie or broadcast for staging a play, opera, et cetera. So, you know, you know, you have a certain, you have a budget. And this is like old school producer. I don't know how many... You know, there's the, like the Rick Rubens of the world. Right. Out Wild there. Dude. Yeah, just like crazy producers who have like their methods and, you know, probably, you know, like really, you know, just like epic mythic producers. But then like I think these days your budget's probably a little slimmer to get the big producer. You yeah, know, yeah. because like, like I said, it's way cheaper to make an album these days. And you don't have the huge recording buzzes. You learn that kind of in the movie and why. Like it's a great movie, like I said, but... Uh, he bought the uh, soundboard from that too. Yeah, right? yeah, he buys yeah. the soundboard from the, like the the one of one or the one of five, wherever the fuck it is. Yeah, from the Neve. Yeah, he buys that and puts it in his own home where they record. I think like everything now. That's fucking sick. It's, it's a piece so, of musical it's like, history. That is, but that is just like it's almost like Dave Grohl's a fucking comic book <laughs> character. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, just yeah, to go from sure. fucking punk kid, pretty much probably douchebags. Like I don't know. <laughs> they are probably you know like Seattle grunge. Kid. Yeah, just and. To go from just driving in a van across the country with fucking soon to be homicide or suicided <laughs> yeah. up in the air, you know, yeah, Cobain, and then fucking go on to just like record. Have you like if you know anything about the first like Foo Fighter recordings? He like recorded like everything. Yeah, on it. Yeah, and, I don't and, know. And like, and also, it's amazing. Like the story. Like Foo Fighters, not my top. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Band in the world. Solid like, band. Solid I'll, band, solid band, cool songs. Like, but yeah, no, but they're like, as far as legends go, I mean, that is legend story. Like, yeah. pretty much all everyone in that band is a legend story. And they played right. like, like the bassist is from Sunny Day Real Estate. You remember them? Yeah. The bassist in Foo Fighters <laughs> is the bassist from Sunny Day Real Estate. Nice. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. What a crazy story. The fucking, uh, the one guy, Pat Smear. The fucking well, that's his name. Yeah, yeah. Pat Smear. That's a hell of a name. Don't be thinking it's that I said Pat. I think I just made this clip because I said the no hard, but I did it's not okay. say Pat with a P. Yeah, like no Pat Smear. Look it up. He uh, he was in like famous punk bands. Now I can't remember because of the whole Pat Smear thing. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, that's they're all I think. Dave Grohl, though, yeah, like going from that in the late eighties or whatever the fuck, and then to now where he is, it's like Jesus, dude. One of the things I think about. Uh, One more fact, sorry. Nirvana recorded like two or three albums on that fucking board. And oh, then no shit? In that studio. Damn, that's fucking sweet. And then motherfucking... I believe they recorded like, uh, you know, the Smells Like Teen Spirit there. And then Dave Grohl went back and that's what they recorded like two or three fucking one by one. That yeah, whole yeah. album. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They recorded that there. Damn. Yeah, and then he bought it. Well, I'm just saying that is a fucking epic story. Yeah. And everyone from fucking Fleetwood Mac to fucking Slipknot have recorded on that thing. Yeah. 
So, like, sometimes when you look at these celebrities, not saying that they personally look at their life this way, but it almost seems like a, some people are living in a fucking movie. Yeah. You know, like, to be able to do shit like that's that. That's what I'm saying, like, a comic book character. Like, just, like, <laughs> yeah. you see Dave Grohl, and he always looked exactly the fucking same. Yeah. Like, his beard never gets longer, but it's always messy. Like, he never <laughs> trims it. Yeah. How does it sit the same length? And his hair is always the exact same. Yeah. And he never, like, has any, like, a ponytail. He's just, like, long-haired grunge dude still, and he's, like, fucking 50. Yeah. What, and... Uh, touching a little bit what we were talking about earlier about like branching into different styles of music and being versatile and stuff like that I always think of Dave and uh, obviously other members of the Foo Fighters just like like they just dip their fingers in everything like oh, yeah. like Dave was doing the drums for fucking Queens of the Stone Age for a mm-hmm. while he was doing some shit with Tenacious D and the they slapped ass yeah and uh, what the drummer what's his name Taylor Taylor Hawkins. Taylor, Taylor yeah. Hawkins, yeah. He did the fucking drums on uh, Coheed, No World for Tomorrow. What? Yeah, the whole album did the Just drums blew on my it. mind. Yeah. You know he when was I found out, I was like, what? I believe, if my memory serves me, you know, he quit Ala- drumming for Alanis Morissette to start drumming in Foo Fighters before Foo Fighters was like crazy legit. So he was drumming for Alanis Morissette in like her like Jag a Little Pill. Taylor era. was? Yeah. Oh, damn. And I he didn't quit Alanis Morissette to wow. go. So what another, they're all, like I said, everyone in that band killing it for like 30 years. And yeah. it's like they started out in things such as Nirvana and Sunny Day Real Estate, which were tiny <laughs> bands in the West Coast. And now they're like, we're going to sell out Wembley nine days in a row. Yeah. Like, stop. Don't stop, but, but. Damn. Yeah. Like, there's only so much. How busy? How busy? I can't believe Foo Fighters still go on. Like they announced all these festivals already for this coming summer. Like the one here in Columbus. Yeah. They're headlining one night of uh, the Sonic Temple. They've announced, I think, at least two more that I've seen where they're headliners. So like, yeah. they're still going strong, man. And they're not- gonna be like our only generation's like long term. Like after Metallica. I mean, I don't know any. I mean, I guess it just hasn't been a long enough time, but like. I feel like Foo Fighters are going to keep playing until like oh yeah like Rolling Stones Stone. yeah, yeah Rolling yeah, Stones for, sure. for sure they're going to be that one of them like combined age like four hundred and thirty seven years old like if you combine <laughs> yeah. all the ages because there's like seven people in that fucking band now live their live shows looks they have a live at Wembley uh, DVD or like whatever special Foo Fighters does? yeah I okay. think it's live at Wembley Stadium and they do like reimaginings and like ten minutes versions of shit and like. Jesus, <laughs> it's epic, dude. Like right. I saw that. I was talking about that Grizz show with the fifteen-piece right. live band, right? Everybody's and that's epically that is epically put together. But like, uh, Foo Fighters, just like I don't know, there's on a different level. Yeah, and speaking of shit like that, I've always wanted to see a fucking Neverender Coheed. Yeah, that because that's a whole fucking thing. Dude, they got no, the already, backup singers. They got no, the no. whole show going on. I was telling, I was telling Haley while we were at this show. I'm like, next year. It was only like forty bucks to go to the fifteen to the live band night at Grizz. Okay. If they come around, I'm gonna buy like, I'm gonna buy like four hundred or five hundred dollars for the tickets. And I'm just gonna take <laughs> all my friends because yeah. it is like, it is sick. That'd it is be just cool. like it is just cool because it's just so different than what you normally see at a show, man. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. You I can't mean, see you can't see a fifteen piece live band like that anymore. Like playing songs, like only if you go to these huge, hundred two hundred dollars seat shows, and it was forty dollars. Right. Yeah. I think the biggest like. As far in terms of production, like show that I've seen, is you probably not expecting it. Alice Cooper. Well, we know, yeah, he puts on a big old show. Yeah, we saw him. Uh, it was at the uh, Lifestyles Pavilion, mm-hmm. but the outside version. Oh, uh, okay. And 
he just had this whole thing fucking dancers. He had to, he came out in this coffin, and it just there was like this whole show going on. There was like a little interlude to it, and they did this whole like acting thing in it, and it was really cool shit. Like I'm not super into Alice Cooper, and I can't oh, remember no, who else he, was there. But he can but it jam. He's cool. got a good band. Like I yeah. I have a bunch of Alice Cooper references. I was just thinking about. I was like, I was. I watch Rig Rundown on YouTube because yeah. I'm like a gear nerd. That's a cool fucking. Oh, dude. Yeah. Uh, and uh, all his he has like fucking three guitarists when he plays live. I think now, and they're doing like Rig Rundowns all of them. They're all like super famous like guitarists that have been in like 15 fucking bands. Like, they're just like, you know, not session players, but they just do live touring usually for people. And they've been in like every band. Like all these people have been like drums and fucking. <laughs> Hanson Metallica and whatever, well not Metallica but Hanson and whatever whatever and then fucking now he's in Alice Cooper and the yeah. chick guitarist has been in like nine bands and just like I don't know it's wild so you got like someone like a John 5 maybe is that what you're talking about dude have you ever read John 5's Wikipedia or like his uh, like discography like uh-huh. what he's credited on I just know like the normal shit that he like you know the right up front shit yeah like Meta- like uh, Marilyn Manson yeah and like well, was uh, he in Rob Zombie Rob's on- yeah, dude yeah. I saw him at Rock on the Range a couple years ago with my stepdad uh, just John 5 no 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 uh, Rob Zombie Rob Zombie headlining okay. like one of the nights at Rock on the Range uh, I had to sit through Five Finger Death Punch which <laughs> oh man that's like the radio bury yeah. your dead kind of yeah I was like <laughs> trying to throw up so someone would take me out of there <laughs> yeah dude it sucked <laughs> uh, but then it was Rob Zombie and just he has an epic stage show and like crazy like stage setup with stuff in front of like his scrims in front of the ant yeah same stuff like just like melting TV like just weird shit like weird things and then John 5 was like he just shreds and he's just oh, always yeah. shredding them telecasters and all of it and they played American Band covered it okay dude dang 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 just the dang 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 that fucking thing the whole time dude it's so fucking sweet I put it on my playlist for work now and I think people get pissed off when it comes on yeah fuck them Cause it's just like, it just says we're an American band like ninety four times in that song, and it kind of gets annoying. Yeah. What's that Blink One Eighty Two song where he's like, it's called Down. The name of the song is the word. Yeah, yeah. He says Down like a hundred and eighty four yeah. times. Way too many times. And like, no, it's not one hundred eighty four. I think it's like maybe like a hundred. It's like a hundred times he says Down in that song, and that song is three minutes and twenty some seconds long. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's only like a. That's only like almost like. That's only like two hundred or three hundred. I don't. I'm. I'm stuck at math right now. But that's <laughs> I not was good. Stuck at math. I was. Th- but Alice Cooper. For some reason, I can't stop thinking about Alice Cooper. Uh, there's this movie I saw called Supermensch, The Legend of Chef Gordon, and this dude named Chef Gordon was just this like Jewish dude who came down from fucking wherever the fuck yeah. to the West Coast and started staying at this hotel, and he would just like be in this shitty little weed dealer. Selling weed on this hotel, and one day fucking Jimi Hendrix walks in. Yeah. And and apparently this hotel like Jimi Hendrix was staying there, and uh, Alice Cooper and his band was staying Damn. there, and fucking uh, Janis Joplin was staying there. Legendary. So this shit. dude's just selling weed at the hotel where all these people who are obviously smoking a lot of weed. Yeah. yeah. And they tell in the movie like you just open up a drawer in the room and just pull out weed. Well, Jimi Hendrix like, hey man, I think I know. So this movie's about his life. Before, before Jimmy's life? No, about uh, this guy, okay, uh, Chef okay. Gordon. So, this basically, he's a famous music manager turned just celebrity manager. And so he started managing Alice Cooper before anyone ever knew Alice Cooper. He helped come up with all, like, the live crazy shit they do, like, cutting off. Like, I remember my mom go- and stepdad going to a show, and, like, they said they, like, cut off Britney Spears' head or something. Oh, wow. Like, you know, they do fa- they have, <laughs> yeah, like, someone yeah, dressed yeah. up as Britney come out. And they run off side stage and then Alice Cooper chases him and then comes back with a fake 
Britney head. Yeah. With like blood dripping from it. It's a little guarish. But uh, this movie is about him and he has managed everyone. Uh, the, the Mike Myers made the movie. Mike Myers like uh, Austin Powers. Yeah, not yeah, the yeah, not yeah. the not the hockey mask. Or, <laughs> That's yeah. Jason. Though. Jason, yeah, my yeah. bad. Uh, not that guy. No, the real Mike Myers. Yeah, the, the blank William Shat mask. Oh yeah, <laughs> but the movie, another recommended music movie. Uh, but he also invented the celebrity chef. Oh okay. Like he invented the concept of the celebrity chef. He was already super famous and rich, and one of his chef friends called him up and they're like, "We're not getting paid." Yeah, because he loves cooking and was like hanging out with a famous chef, like learning, and he, they're like, "We're he's not paying us." So this dude started like fighting for like chef rights and then like commercialize it and then came up with the Food Network. Oh damn! This dude is epic as fuck <laughs> in this movie. It's super mensch, like mensch, like whatever the fuck it means in Jewish. That I don't sounds know. ridiculous though. It the says name. the definition for mensch is I don't know if it's Jewish. That might have been a little bad, <laughs> but it says uh, a person of integrity and honor. Oh, okay. So, Supermensch. And this guy has, like, managed everyone. And it is an epic movie. You should watch it. I th- I it's got 78% say, on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty fucking good. I want to say that I've heard about it. I don't know if you were telling me or someone else was telling me, but I've heard of it. But that does sound interesting. I'm going to have to write that down so I yeah, can Supermensch, uh, dude. look that up later. M-E-N-C-H? M-E-N-S-C-H. It was on Netflix for the longest time. I don't know if it still is. That's where I watched it. But yeah, it's like the life of Chef Gordon, man. He has had an epic fucking life. He he used to have a shirt that said, uh, no grass, no backstage pass yeah. that he would wear. And it's became like a famous shirt. Yeah. It's like the long form of the ask acid grass. Yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I wanted to switch gears a little bit and uh, obviously still talk about music a little bit. Um, Sorry, it said no head and no backstage pass. So no like, head, no backstage pass. You would have to give him a blowjob to get to give the band a blowjob so right. fuck you're, you're looking at at least a warm-up one and yeah I don't, I don't know if i like those terms i mean <laughs> look at it, look at this picture so like obviously you can tell his name's shep yeah yeah for sure uh, but yeah that's like he managed like everyone dude you gotta watch that movie like it is it'll blow your mind all the connections look at that goth see- dude down in the corner did you see him yeah i think it's a chick <laughs> That's a chick. I think she's just looking. My bad. I'm just assuming genders over here. I mean, no, I mean, I don't know, but they just got a lot of eyeshadow on, so it could be whoever. Yeah, them. You see them down on the corner? It's, uh, can't tell. It's also from the 70s, so. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's like 60 or 70 now. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's wild, dude. It'd be man. a wild time to be alive back then. He's talking about this house at one time that he bought in Hawaii that he still owns. Yeah. And it's this huge fucking house that he bought with his, like, first checks or whatever in like i don't know the early 70s or something yeah and he bought it for like two hundred thousand dollars and it's worth like 11 million dollars jesus now. christ like it and he just he's like i'm never gonna sell it so like if, even if you only ever made two hundred thousand dollars and you bought that house and you just live there <laughs> and paid it off you'd be rich just yeah. for living in a house for 30 years that's crazy dude I I'd be straight living there like a bum, no electrics. So I'm spending two hundred thousand dollars. And no, dude, he literally just opens up to the beach, like the back of it. Oh damn! So it was like a prime piece of real estate, but there was nothing around it when he bought it, and now it's all built up with other houses, like million dollar houses. Speaking of the beach, you hear about that bullshit of people like trying to charge people for coming onto their private beach, which is public land. Oh, no. So these people that own beach houses and shit, I think it's in California. 
but they oh, they just don't want them like on the beach behind or in front of their house exactly or yeah. so they have security guards their own personal security guards nice. and they tell people to go down there hey you have to pay us to be on this beach nice and, and obviously that's against the law hey you want tased five <laughs> yeah, bucks you get much. tased it's five yeah. bucks per minute in that's the ocean how ridiculous do you got to be like why don't you just get a house with you know cause, because the whole thing was is like say they buy beachfront property and then they extend the beach out. They don't own the rest of that property. They just own to where it stops at. Yeah. You know, so if they extend the beach, that that doesn't make the rest of that extension yours as well. I mean, who knows? It depends on, I guess, the laws and the zoning yeah. and the blah, blah, blah. But either way, eventually someone's going to own the goddamn beach. And there's not <laughs> yeah. going to be anyone allowed yeah. the goddamn beach. It's so, gonna be I mean, why set a precedent of being like, I don't know. I guess if you own the property, you own the property. Fuck it. Yeah, but they don't. No, that, that was it, the whole point. It don't matter. Like, if it, yeah, yeah. Where was it at? Uh, I do believe California. Yeah, it don't matter. Either they're going to fall off and break into the ocean or <laughs> fucking, you know, all yeah. the... their own island. The oceans are definitely going to rise and flood that house out. So, you know, yeah. you dodge yeah. a bullet. Yeah, for sure. You have flood I, insurance. Dude, I, I can't handle the ocean. Never been to it, but... Really? I mean, I've been in the ocean a couple, I mean, you know, a good... Probably four times, I think. Yeah. And, uh, you know... Six out of ten. It's okay. Six out of ten. You know, like six out of ten. Yeah, it's yeah. just like when I was younger and went there, like it was at Myrtle Beach or something on vacation with my grandparents, and uh I kind of got pulled by tide down the beach oh, like a that. quarter mile. Not very long, like a quarter mile. Oh, okay. But you know, I was just swimming, just being fucking stupid, and then all of a sudden I look up and I'm just like a little bit like as far as I am out in the ocean, I've drifted down the shore a little bit and not noticed. I just kind of yeah. like was pulled as I was treading water. And I looked up and I'm like, oh, fuck. And I was like, that's how quick you can just be pulled like far. Like, yeah, if I would have not been paying attention for another 30 minutes, I could be like a fucking half mile down. And yeah. It's like, fuck, where is everyone? I can't handle that. One of the currents in a swimming pool got me once and I thought I was going <laughs> to drown. Oh, God. Oh. Yeah. Like I was like, because I was nowhere close to the edge and it was just slowly pulling me into the deeper water. Huh? Like, just obviously, I don't know why, but probably people just jumping in and out of the water. It had like a natural fucking... Like, it was just pulling me into the deeper end. And I'm trying to, like, flap my arms. I couldn't swim. I'm trying to flap my arms. And I, like, started flap. getting, like, this panic look on you my face. You got a water flap. Yeah, I start, like, crying a little bit. Then this dude, my savior, he just walks by and just pulls me into the shallow end and keeps walking. Doesn't even say a word to me. It wasn't a lifeguard First or nothing. First time, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember when I couldn't swim. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, and... uh yeah, but like when I'm looking at the ocean, I, don't get me wrong, I think it's beautiful and I'd love to see it. But as far as being in it, I'm good on that. No, you got to go up in it at least once. Yeah, I'm good. No, nah, even if you just go up like the shin deep, you yeah. got to get smacked by a wave or two. Yeah, but then my foot would probably get stuck in the sand. No. Then no. it would raise up, drown Dude, me. Dude, no, you can go <laughs> in. You can be real cool and go in like waist level. Until they someone yells, Shut. No, that's not. That's a very low percentage. And then I'm gonna pass the fuck out <laughs> right there where if I. If someone stand. yells "shark," you're gonna pass out. Yeah, I'm gonna pass out in fear because I'm gonna think it's right behind me. So when I pass out, the current that you just described earlier, same current, is gonna come back to the beach and drag me out to the shark. You need to channel Jeff or, or Steve Irwin and or Jeff Corwin, whatever you wanna do, and then jump on that goddamn shark's back. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that because it didn't work out so well for Steve Irwin. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't a shark. He would have handled a shark. Yeah. He would have fucking been pet. Look at this beaut. You know, he'd be on its back, petting it, flossing its teeth for it, probably. Yeah, I don't know. Um, But yeah, anyways, switching gears here. Um, I wanted to come back to uh, get, like, 
getting into music when we were younger um because when i think of music and how it makes me feel and when i think about the actual instrument that i play obviously we dabble in other instruments but primarily guitar is my thing yeah i'm wondering uh what made you specifically pick guitar to be your primary out of all the other instruments i don't know when you're younger it's just cool you know you see people on TV on like what was it like Fuse or that was, that was a channel right? Yeah, Fuse. And then like you know whatever MTV, MTV Two, whatever. And you just see cool people and like it's something you gravitate towards. I think when you feel you know like you need a sense of community and don't have it at home or necessarily aren't good at it when you're younger. Because we all eventually you know most of us I think most people grow into being at least able to do you know things and be able to like go out into the world eventually but i think when you're younger sometimes you just don't know how to learn it and you don't get taught maybe the right way or you don't have all the tools everyone else has to learn it and then you know gravitate towards something like music and that's how you know it's as cool as it was because they looked cool as it was because like it made you feel a certain way okay you know what i mean like it was cool because yeah they had a guitar and they're cool but it's also because when he played that guitar and stuff like it made you feel a certain way so it was like a magic almost you know yeah so what really got me as far as playing guitar wise because whenever i was a little kid music it it always it fucking hit me a certain way um i've always heard that obviously i I mean i can't speak for you but there's certain songs or certain bands certain music i listen to that give me goosebumps yeah and i read somewhere on the internet one time that that doesn't happen to everybody that not music like not everybody can get goosebumps from listening to music. And I heard there was something like thicker fiber strands in your brain or something like that, that the music connects to and it makes you feel it a certain way. And I get goosebumps. So when, when I hear music and I'm younger and I'm getting goosebumps, that's always what sort of gravitated me toward music. But as far as specifically playing guitar, I know that when I met you, you had an acoustic. Yeah. We play acoustic in the front yard. Yeah, and you were showing me, like, all your Guitar World magazines and, like, all the little shit that you knew on guitar, and I just thought it was, like, the coolest shit. Yeah, it's like, like I said earlier, it's like the Wild West. Like, when you get something like that when you're younger, it's like, man, everyone's telling me to fucking write my name in cursive and, (laughs) you know, fucking go to bed, fucking whatever the fuck, and then you sit down with a guitar and you're like, if I don't want anyone to, no one can tell me shit on this. Yeah, yeah. And that's cool, and then... You eventually realize that you should probably learn some like technique and like you know whatever. But yeah. at first, you know, for me it was no one can tell me what to do besides to play less loud. Like that's all they yeah. can tell me to do. Right. Like this is cool. I can make whatever noise I want with this, and it's cool. And I match up, and I can finally play a song. And then, you know, yeah, you eventually learn like tab or how to read music a little bit or whatever. And you pick up your chords and you start. You know, and and I feel like also along with that, just learning the minor shit like the tabs or whatever because. Obviously, we look at a tab now. We just are like, okay, we know what to do. Mm-hmm. But you shoot us somebody else who doesn't play music, and they're like, I don't know what the hell. Yeah, that it's is. like eye braille at first. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Yeah, like, exactly. It's like I'm trying to read these bumps. Like, and it's not like for me, I don't look at it as like, I, I wouldn't say like I have a big ego or anything. You know, I try to be pretty humble most of the time and as much as I can be. But like when something like that happens, I feel like it's a little boost to the ego. It's like I know something that someone else doesn't. 
not like I'm putting myself above them. Yeah. But it also gives me, I like that feeling you that I feel get like from you're that. in on something. So I keep going. Yeah, with you feel it, like you you're like in saying? a club. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sense of belonging because like, oh man, I can like rip this riff. And so that's cool. Like, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Everyone yeah. wants that sense of belonging to something. And that's definitely something prevalent in any music scene. Right. Yeah. You know? And I remember this one time back in, uh, fuck, what was it? I think it may have been ninth grade that we were in. Um, or eighth grade, one of the two, eighth or ninth grade. But <clears throat> I remember I was trying to learn um, a riff, uh, Unholy Confessions, Event Sevenfold. Oh, yeah. And I remember you knew how to play it, and you told me that I would have too hard of a time playing it just because, like, my skill level at the time. Mm. So not that I was looking at it like, oh, fuck, Chris, I'm going like to learn a challenge, this. challenge, though. Yeah, yeah, so I fucking called off school. <laughs> That's why hang. That's what playing with people does to you. It's like, oh, yeah. like look at this riff. You're like, well, fuck, like oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I gotta be. Gotta learn how to do that now, and then yeah. No, yeah. that's one of the only times I ever passed out though. So I guess uh, that was kind of karma coming back. I don't know what happened, but like I was I, like Hit the brown note. <laughs> yeah. So I was. I, I skipped school. Obviously, sorry, mom. But uh, I told her I wasn't feeling good, and she's a bus driver, so I obviously I knew her schedule when she was gonna be home and she wasn't. I got gonna a be case home. of the unholy confession. <laughs> yeah, today, exactly. Uh, so I would be like, I, I would go in her room. That's where the only computer was. Uh, I I printed off the tab for it. Mm-hmm. Ooh, but, printing tab. Yeah. I thought about that a long time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get you a nice, <laughs> get you a nice three ring binder and print out the whole goddamn yeah. Backstreet Back album on your guitar. How much fucking paper was wasted just printing tabs that are All gone now? It. Gone. Now. All of it. So, oh yeah, that should be my backpack for four years. Those yeah, tabs yeah. like yeah, exactly. up the bottom. Yeah, it's yeah. like why did I even have these at school? I was just like trying to study them. Yeah, shit, dude. I used to like think in my head like certain like the notes that I knew how. Yeah, to Yeah, trying to imagine. Like, like, all right, you pop yeah. it on three. Yeah, and you pop I would, it on. Okay, that's. <laughs> yeah. right, so it says play C. And I would try to write it out uh, and then go home and play it to see if it sounded cool. I just picture you like drawing like pictures of your hands playing the guitar trying to study the tap like i don't yeah, know yeah. why it's just funny yeah no it, but i would do it like an actual guitar you know e-a-d-g-b-e mm-hmm. with all the lines dashed out and i would try to oh you try to like write riffs like yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah just yeah. from memory and then mm-hmm. go home and see if it sounded cool mm-hmm. not much luck with it but you know yeah. i was trying i i had the flame under my ass i remember trying to do that now. and then when i went home and played what i thought i had wrote it just sound like guitar hero noises or it's yeah. like bang, 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 <laughs> yeah. bang, and everyone's like boo <laughs> yeah so Anyways, uh, I would have my mom's schedule fucking down pat, and I printed out the tabs, and I just fucking worked on it all day. Only thing I played was that riff. That's how I was back in the day when I was trying to write guitar or just play something. I wouldn't fuck with anything else. I would just stick on that until I got it. And it, it took me, I think, six hours just to get the intro to Crazy Train perfectly. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember that. Dude, remember and when you. that fucking clicked, yeah, I've never felt that it's before. It's like you're hooked. Yeah. yeah. I, I was like, I can't fucking believe... That it sounds like the song, mm-hmm. you know, because and that's super simple riff, mm-hmm. you know, but it sounds fucking awesome. Exactly. That's one of the riffs that like got me super into fucking playing guitar. That's yeah, one of those classic <clears throat> big, you know, like you play that riff and that's like your <laughs> intro and you're like, God dang. Yeah. So I printed out this fucking tab. I get sidetracked a lot. Sorry, guys. But <laughs> I printed off this tab. I played it straight until I had it pretty much most of the way down. Sloppy as fuck, obviously, mm-hmm. because, you know, that just comes with the territory. Yeah. But... Um, I accidentally left the uh, computer on with the tab Ooh. on it. So I heard my mom coming, like she parked in the driveway and I was like, oh fuck, I left that tab up. So I ran into her bedroom 
and I'm leaning over the computer, shutting everything down, and as I'm sitting there, shutting everything down, I just get super lightheaded. I don't know why. And next thing I know, I'm waking up on the floor. Like, I was all dizzy and shit. Uh, have you ever been choked unconscious? No. So, the only way I could describe it is it felt like that, because yeah. I've been choked unconscious a couple times, but yeah. when I'm coming back to, it's always this fuzzy feeling. I, I mean, obviously, you know, it's everything's normal after, like, maybe three seconds, four seconds, but I get up off the floor, and all this happened before my mom even got in the house, so. Oh, damn. Yeah, and I'm just like, damn, fucking teaching me a lesson for skipping out on school, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um. One another thing I wanted to ask you because I've been thinking about this recently. I wanted to name my guitar because okay. I notice all these, and not because I want to fit in or be cool or anything, but I notice when, like you know, legends like musical legends, they'll name yeah. their guitars and stuff. And I'm assuming it's because like maybe it's got like a special place in their heart for them. Yeah, or a story know? or something behind it. And so I always, like, ever since I've got my guitar, this fucking, what, ESP mm-hmm. or LTD EC1000 Vintage Black, uh, ever since I've got it, dude, I've just been in love with it. Like, no matter, I, I've had it over a year now, and open up the case and look at it, and I'm just like... Whoa. Yeah, you're, like, inspired by it. It's, like, a good instrument. Everyone will have, you know, eventually run into an instrument. That's why you pick it and, like... Pick that kind, you know, usually, right. you know, gravitate towards it. Yeah, so I, I was just curious on your thoughts of, like, if you've ever named a guitar or if you think something like that's cheesy or, you know, just kind of the love for your instrument and, like, how it doesn't really compare to, like, say, I like a raised bridge guitar, so I'm not going to go play, like, a, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know Stratocaster right, or yeah. something. No, uh, yeah, there's definitely things I like in it, but I'm not necessarily a namer. I've just never been, like, you know, I've had friends that name their cars and name their, you know... Whatever, whatever they have, you know, anything. Right. But I don't, just don't, never been. But I think if it's just a cool story or whatever the fuck you want to do, I mean, obviously, just name it. I know some people that like write their name, like put a sticker on it, or like have like, you know, what's his name from back in the day, taking back Sunday, had like his guitars named by like little, yeah, like mailbox letters or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, whatever. It's just yeah, yeah, just a customizable. I just think my guitar is a little per- person has its own personality anyway. Like all my guitars, so like. That's just kind of like I let them. I just like them speaking for themselves. I like the kind of just old, let go, you know, naturally age, whatever. I don't yeah. really, yeah. Right. Uh, my guitar, um, you're going to be the first person I ever tell what I'm thinking about naming it. Okay. So, that? Thought Dump exclusive for Chris Pompey. On oh, yes. Yeah. So, um, since I play a heavier style of music, obviously not the heaviest, and it's an all black guitar, ebony fucking fretboard. I want to go with a more I feel gothic name. Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. With a ch. Yeah. What do you think? I would name it Charlotte, and I would spell it with an sh. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Charlotte with an sh. Yeah, or or Charlene. <laughs> yeah. But maybe uh, if I was a uh, fucking chicken picking on there. Yeah. Johnny Highland. Remember that guy we watched the other day? Yeah, yeah. His eyes are on the back of his head. Yeah. I'll spell it out. I'll, I'll get the fret inlays like uh, Slipknot 7. Yeah. I'll get it S H A R L O T. Can you fucking imagine? Charlotte. Yeah, they think I was No, you got to do that. You got to do the T T E ending. That'd be S H R L O T T E. Shartlet. No, no T. No, you don't want to put that. You don't want to put the A in there. Yeah. No, yeah. No, yeah. I don't want to do Shartlet. Never mind. That's not good. 
keep, keep a C-H. Yeah, or yeah. spell Charlotte with a C-H. Yeah. Like C-H-A-R-T-L-O-T-T-E. <laughs> Chartlet. Yeah. Oh, it's like a miniature chart. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so I got a first thought for you. But it's not first. But see, the the organization doesn't have to. It doesn't okay, have to be at the beginning you. of the show you. or see, anything that's like why, that. See, that's why. See, that's why. Never mind. It's cool. I no, mean, okay. Do first but, thought me up. First thought at me. Oh no, you're good. So fire. Uh, yeah, that's just the thing that we're doing. Obviously, it's the early podcast. Give so. it to me. Word. Okay, so sticking with the theme of music, I don't know if you've heard of this or not. Have you heard of the R. Kelly muting that's going on? Muting like no sound. R. Kelly? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he's uh, taking people and putting them in a sex dungeon and keeping them in a sex Right. Life. Yeah. So just, if anybody doesn't know, just a little bit of backstory on the actual muting itself, the boycott of R. Kelly, the, uh, it's the uh, Time's Up movement. Um, the Women of Color Coalition of the Time's Up campaign are calling on RCA Records, Ticketmaster, and just a bunch of other like musical corporations uh, to basically put a boycott on R. Kelly and like distributing his music, basically, you know, shut that shit down. And R. Kelly's response, uh, well, they're, they're trying to get this whole shut down because of his sexual allegations, not even just like recently, but just stemming all the way through his past or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So R. Long Kelly, history. Yeah. See, <laughs> yeah. Google um, the classic, just Google Dave Chappelle, <laughs> yeah, R. Kelly, and just, yeah. yeah, don't even, don't even tell him, just, yeah. you know. Yeah. That's that's part of R. Kelly's legacy right there. Yep. Chocolate Factory. <laughs> yeah. And that's what, fuck, when we were probably 13 or 14. Yeah, he's been in the game. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I think R. Kelly is like, uh, I think he's in his 50s, I want to say. and that's the problem. That's the problem. If he was 20, <laughs> problem. That's the problem. If he was 25, he even sex slaves and peeing on people still. Yeah. I mean, he got away with that That's my at 25. Problem. But it just yeah. how, you know, it's like you can't get away with it for that long because people get wise and rumor spreads. Right. I mean, unless he's fucking killing them all. Yeah. So his response, R. Kelly's response is it's a public lynching, what they're doing to him. I can see him saying that. And that they should have accused him 30 years ago because many people loved him and he is cuffed to his destiny of being a musician. I think that's him trying to use his fame to get out of it. Personally, right, right. I mean, it is a public lynching, but but so what? If you... Listen. Okay. If Dave Chappelle is going to make that song and all those <laughs> allegations are going to come out, and then these allegations are going to come out, no matter right. what happened, it's like the rule of thumb. If 10% of all the bad shit I'm hearing about you is true, yeah, and the 90% is rumor and you know speculation... You're fucking around. Like you're fucking around <laughs> yeah, in a way yeah. that's negative. Yeah, and like, where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. For okay. Sure. If you're okay, you're accused of peeing all over underage people. Yep. And keeping sex slaves in a dungeon. That's if ten percent of that is true. It's, okay, it's, you're it's, out. It's you should true. probably be out. You're <laughs> yeah. you're you know. But then it does set a precedent of like, is every person convicted of you know a certain felony or a certain class of crime? Is there are get taken off the internet because that's getting right to an area we don't want. But at the same time, if he's still making money off of it at the moment, I don't know if he should continue his career. If it's, I mean, but I get, you know, we'll have to wait for, you know, right. The, the court and the such, but I'm sure there'll be, you know, legal, <clears throat> legal issues for that. So obviously Cause, cause a girl escaped, didn't she? Like one of the girls he had escaped or like, 
from from what I made the story up. I don't know if it was fake or if she was fucking around or yeah. See, I don't I don't even know the ins and outs of all that shit. But from what I know is they were all there fucking voluntarily, you know. And he was kind of just like sugar daddy in a man, and you know, it's all creepy. But come on, be honest with yourself. It's all creepy. I'm take not five, defending him I'm just at saying, all. take five minutes and just look at images of R. Kelly. Yeah. And you automatically think something's going on. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like an old, like, you know, early 90s, late 80s, like, creep guy. So, like, right. now. Now it's how he looks. Yeah. He's got that long, long goatee. He's <laughs> got that length goatee, and it's just... Yeah. And then when you hear him, like, in, a vi- in the video where he's talking about how they should have uh, accused him of this 30 fucking years ago. Yeah, that's stupid. There's just no fucking remorse in his, like, what I do wrong. You should have got me back then when I was doing it. You know, like, I just don't understand. Double it. jeopardy. Yeah. Double I, jeopardy. It, now, is that because do you think, like, he's, like, so far away from being a quote unquote, like, regular person? Like, you know, we're different than he is. Not, I feel like it's not probably, above him or under him, but just, like, how yeah. we think differently. I feel like, like the combination of him having money. Right. And then him and also. Be, and then him also, yeah. And then him also being, like, I, I did it 20 years ago. Where were you at then? I yeah. think he's just probably comfortable doing it all. Yeah. And he's got a system worked out to where he thinks he probably doesn't cross the line to where he can get you knocked down enough to where his fame and his money don't work. Yeah. You know, he, he can get accused, he can get charged even, but is his money and fame still going to get him out of it? I mean, statistics say probably. Right. <laughs> you know, right. like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I, and it makes me think of these other people that do like commit crimes felonies and all that shit and then when they come back to music sometimes people will still support them even though they did a crime but then there's other people they're just like no fuck you you're done forever yeah so i'm not defending what r kelly did and i'm not saying whether or not his creative voice should be taken away and all that shit when you are listening to music this is the way i look at it for example as lay dying yeah. One, one of my biggest when you're, influences. When you're listening to music, sometimes you take what the person did out of it and you're just listening to a song. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, because yeah. obviously Tim got in trouble for trying yeah. to get his wife killed and all that. And now that, you know, they've come back, there's a lot of backlash. People are like, we don't want to support this because of what Tim did. And that's fine. That's his choice. But if they're still going to, you know, if he served his time and whatever, unless there's a rule about a felon making money. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you can't. What he did was fucking absolutely terrible. Absolutely, I don't necessarily not you know, defending it. I don't think I would support Asley dying as far as like maybe going to a show anymore. But um, I don't, you know, if you want to listen to Asley dying, then you know, I'm not gonna hate on you for it. Yeah, I might crack a joke about yeah, you know, whatever. But and see, when they came back and released that new song, I was fucking pumped. Yeah, like I said, because they write, yeah, fucking because, they riff and because, they do good stuff together. They work well. Right, and yeah. I don't like, I, like and what I'm saying is I don't support you know, what Tim did, but I look at it as that's the past. Because you're a fan of music, you, you separate it. Yeah, yeah, that's the past. Nobody got hurt. He did his fucking time. He's paying a lot of fucking money for it. He doesn't get to see his kids anymore. He doesn't get to talk to her anymore. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, I feel like he should be able to have that fresh slate, and he's given multiple apologies, mm-hmm. and he's trying to make things better, but people but are just, just giving him grief. And, like, but that's just life also. You know, you're going to yeah. have that split to where some people are going to be like, you know what, I'm going to separate that from this, and some people are going to be like, Fuck you forever. Right. And some people might come back around if they see he is, you know, exhibiting behavioral change. You right. Know, like right. And I, and I feel like, you know, if he's not being authentic with, you know, his apology or just who he is as a person now, then that, that's 
you know, fucked up, obviously. I want, I want everybody to be able to be in a positive place, mm-hmm. not try to do shitty shit. But as far as, like, the music goes, like, that shit hits me, you know, on a personal level and how I respond to the music. It has like I nothing said, you're looking, at, as as a, you're looking at, at it as a song by Isley Dye, yeah. and you're not looking at it as an extension uh, yeah. of him as a <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Which, it I mean, somewhat is, but, like, yeah, like you said. Yeah, and, and that's... Let's not forget, Snoop Dogg is one of the... Most loved personalities in the world, and he was, <laughs> yeah. he was on trial for murder. Yeah. So let's not go, you know. And Jay Z as well. Yeah, all the bunch of people. And, yeah. So let's not yeah. jump too quick. That's just what I'm saying. It's weird. Like we give some people a pass, and and other people. It's not. just a it's case just by weird. case basis, and yeah. it also depends on how you react and if you take care of your, you know, you actually try to clear your name. Right. You know, was R. Kelly doing anything right there? Was he even being sensitive? No. <laughs> not at all. Not so at all. that's what I'm saying. Like you know. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I just feel like. Things are different, you know, back then. Because now it's like, I feel like not even many people care as much, like, as, as a whole. Like, if they see something like this case, are they looking at it as, hey, I'm just going to jump on that to make some noise? Or do I really honestly, truly care about what they were doing? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, as far as the crime goes, all I this think, backlash. You know, it's just people being able to be outraged by anything because they can just say, hey, fuck you on the internet. Yeah, so you think it comes back to a little bit of that. Do you think it's like the part, like, need to feel like you're a part of something, like a group of somebody? Yeah, if you actually disagree with it, and it's very easy to find people that share whatever opinion you have on the internet, and it's very easy to become part of that group and rally against the thing because you feel like you're, you know, look at any Donald Trump article from any news outlet ever right and go in the comments and you have people fighting back and forth and it's just that is a cross-section of the internet and it's became yeah it's became somewhere where yeah you just can be outraged about everything you can't just have a opinion and not be like mad right i feel like you know it's negative i don't like it yeah all righty so we've been doing this thing for about a fucking yeah how long hour and 30 damn yeah so We'll sign off. We're going to do it. Yeah, I think we'll go Get ahead off. and wrap it up. Um, so anything you want to plug? Uh, you can check out Hope Dealers um, on Spotify, iTunes. I think Google Play, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, website. <laughs> it's all up in that Google. All righty. Uh, you got right? any shows coming up? Oh, we're playing Saturday, December 22nd at Three Tigers in Granville Brewing. It's a little acoustic. Granville, little, Ohio. Granville, Ohio. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a little acoustic guy. It's at a little brewing, uh, little brew house. It's nice. Nice oh. out there. Alrighty, word. Yeah. So, uh, anything else? I think that's it. Uh, just <laughs> live it. I don't know. This. I don't have a cool catchphrase. Oh, you're good. You're Next good. time, I'll, I'm going to yeah. come hot with a catchphrase at the beginning of the show. Yeah, Chris Pompey, the catchphrase master. Yep. Catchphrase Chris. There yeah, it is. Yeah, to catch a phrase with Chris Pompey. To catch a... Man, I watched a bunch of Chris Hansen videos yeah. the other night. Oh, yeah. There's one where a guy goes into the bathroom and the girl's there and then he goes in and shuts the door and the girl steps into the hallway and then Chris Hansen steps out from the hallway oh, yeah, and the guy that. comes out of the bathroom he's like, oh my God, I know who you yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. They fucked up. Like, why'd you bring pizza and condoms? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I don't know. I was going to get hungry and eat. And condoms. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, uh, put it in the condom for later. Yeah, that's just, that's a classic. That's a great yeah. way to end. Um, I also just want to plug Chris Hansen videos on YouTube. <laughs> right. So, 
And also, uh, this past weekend, Theo Vaughn's podcast, he just had Chris Hansen on there. Really? It's a solid fucking oh. podcast, dude. And he talks about behind-the-scenes shit. So go oh ahead and check God. that out if you're a Chris Hansen fan. Damn. And yes, he confirmed they're doing another fucking season of Hansen versus Predator. Did you know? I don't know the specifics of the ages and times, but he got divorced from his wife, I think. Yeah. I heard for I think so. an affair with like a 20-year-old. Which is fine. No, no, no I'm <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. comparing him to the catcher. Right, right, right. But what I'm saying is like, little, you know, yeah. him being on the road all the time with catcher pair, little horn dog on yeah. the road, just <sighs> yeah, it's uh, weird. I don't know. What is it? The the kettle calling the pot black or whatever it is. Yeah, uh, he's to just an extent. <laughs> no, that's fine because they think these people are like twelve. Oh yeah, for so. sure, for sure. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and end cool. that. Yeah. Unless you wanted to. No, that's it. Alrighty. Uh, so cutting Ooh, this yeah. shit later. Yeah.